0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Awaken Wednesday with Robin, me, Gabby, and Isabel. Now, if you listened to last week's Awaken Wednesday, you'll know that we were on our way to what we called a Freedom Festival. It was the Music and Sky Festival, but in our hearts, it was called a Freedom Festival. It's all we've been talking about for the last month, how excited we were, but quite honestly, we were really nervous. We didn't know what to expect. You know, there was a point in time, maybe 15 months ago, where You know, we knew our hearts and our intuition were telling us something, but you just didn't know uh, enough like-minded people. It felt like you just knew all these people that were buying the agenda, that were believing what they were told, and chances are, unless this is your first time to our podcast, you pretty much see things similarly to us. It doesn't have to be the exact narrative, but you probably have some part of you that are like, hmm... You know what? Things don't add up. And, you know, I personally believe that freedom's important. So I kind of like listening to your guys' Awaken Wednesday. Well, our whole thing is that we're trying to, with our Awaken Wednesday, not only share like our experience and our self-growth, but like one of my favorite YouTubers, or oh, he's on Instagram and everything else too, Mark Moss says, I'm not here to awaken the sheep. I'm here to awaken the lions. And... Going to this Freedom Festival, that's all I kept thinking about is like, I already feel like a lion, but it was like, there was just something so invigorating to be around other people who are on the, like way ahead of me, in fact, in using their voice to stand up for something they believe in. And so if you happen to hear us get a little bit more louder, a little bit more passionate now, you'll know why. So without further ado, let's get into Awaken Wednesday. to inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything.
1: This is the Defy the Norm Podcast with Nomads with a
0: Purpose. So we, like I said, just got back uh, from our Freedom Festival. Uh, We were in total on a three-week road trip to get down to this Freedom Festival. And on the way down, we took our Class C, which is what we moved into, all seven of us, me victor and our five kids back in 2015 moved into this class c motorhome the exact same one we drove to the freedom festival uh six years ago and in the meantime you know we've done some changes we've gotten a 42 foot fifth wheel a couple years ago we kind of bounced between two different rvs and now home base in polson we're all over the place but for the last three weeks our entire family was back in that class c rv and so before we get into like Awaken Wednesday and how powerful this Freedom Festival is. I want to start by asking you guys like how amazing was it to be in Momo again? Uh, personally, it was pretty awesome. I mean, it was still always
2: there's this sense of always when we're in Momo all together that it's very crowded, especially for my type 9 who's like, I just want, we're not no conflict and everyone's fighting just trying to get to the bathroom. But other than that, it was very welcoming and felt very homely to be back in that environment. And I swear, like, I sleep better, I feel better, and life feels better. You
1: know? Yeah. I absolutely love being in Momo. Love being in Momo. In fact, it's I don't realize how much I love Momo until I, I'm not in Momo. Like, when we came back to the house today, I was like, oh, yeah, I like the house. It's not like I you know I don't dislike it anymore. For a while, I, I truly really dislike the house. No, but I like the house now. But compared to Momo, it's, it's nothing. I will say that I don't look forward to us all traveling in Momo again because... I think if we had both of those couches in Momo again, we used to have these one couch on each side, one on the slide side of the RV and one on the non-slide side, and it just it's I don't have a bed at night; <laughs> I sleep on the floor, so that was not very comfortable. Um, and it's just it would be nice if there were more places to relax. But for overall, it's considering it's the same RV that we've had for six years, it's pretty amazing that it still functions as good as it does.
0: And it's not to say there was zero conflict, but I have to say, like, I was so impressed with the percentage that everybody was happy. Like most, for the most part, I mean, all families, like if your, if your family never has conflict, like
2: all power to
0: you. A lot. Yeah, yeah. But like every family has some conflict, but for the most part, everybody was genuinely happy. Now there are moments when people would be tired. I mean, we drove a lot. Like when we left the Freedom Festival Sunday night, we've we drove, I don't know, a lot of miles to get we back drove, here yeah. straight. I would get only sleep like five hours at night in order to cover distance because we try to like do epic hikes and stuff on the way back. But overall, and the big thing is I just said this on Instagram is like, this was the happiest I've ever seen Victor. That is not to say that he is joyful or like, we're going like to talk seven. about map map of consciousness tonight or today. and. That's not to say that he's not like running around like woohooing he's not a woohoo guy but he was like the most satisfied that I have ever seen him and that was a huge step it is not the whole journey because um, you know we're always evolving um but let's talk about the freedom festival really quick how amazing was it to be around like-minded people
1: i think it was it was more shocking at first shocking The feeling of not having to be so concerned with what you say um, especially in terms of about the world concerned in terms of what you're saying about what's going on in the world concerned about just self-consciousness in general i mean i think that was the most surprising and liberating nobody everyone is so um attuned
0: to their truest self-expression and don't you don't you oh, yeah, agree for sure. for sure? Like actually, all you're and I was flipping through because we're going to talk tonight about the Map of Consciousness by David Hawkins. It's like uh, something we refer to often, and it was like we're going to go into what consciousness is is, and it's one of the questions is like what is how do you determine someone's level of consciousness, and it's determined by the principles they're committed to, and so just being around people, we might all disagree, but being around people that are committed to freedom sovereignty love highest self self self-growth to be around people who who are committed to that above something else makes all the like other things kind of wash away and not important and and that's something that i feel like even when we're in rv why like people be like oh why are your family what are you doing like they're so they're so happy like you're doing something different and don't you think over the six years we've as a family unit have been committed to something different. We're not committed to the rat race. Mm -hmm. We're not committed to uh, material goods. We're always committed to getting outside and experiencing nature together and that higher, like even though sometimes we have low blood sugar and even though sometimes we're tired, that commitment to something greater or unified commitment is definitely what's helping. Yeah,
1: it's amazing to look around you and think, wow, all of these people around me are committed to the same thing and it's shocking in a world where I don't know if, I mean, maybe a couple people in the past six years um, we've met who have that same goal in mind of just, I'm aspiring to be better than I was yesterday.
0: And so think about it for a second, like when, when you interact and you have hostile interactions with people you know, there's usually this element of defense mechanism. They're more committed to defending why they're right or defending their ego or defending, um, you know, something that they are reciting back that they heard somebody say, as opposed to defending an open mind. Like I really have to catch myself that there were times that it was way worse about this a year ago in like, no, 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 you don't understand. And now I'm like, well, tell me your point. Like. I'm open-minded, like, give me, tell me where you're coming from. So even if it's the, the commitment to hearing each other out seems to be getting better around, even with people who maybe don't think the same way we do. Yeah, absolutely. So when we, um, we went to this Freedom Festival and, uh, you know, you do, it's not just freedom, you know, we did talk about things that are what's lawful versus the laws. It's a big difference. Legal. You mean legal, Lawful Sorry.
2: versus legal.
0: Thank you. That's why I keep her around.
2: The the only reason.
0: (laughs) That versus, uh, that's just one small part of it. The big thing is that in order to uh, approach this topic with a really open mind, you have to have a really high level of consciousness, meaning you're not living in fear, you're not living in shame, you're not living in guilt, you're not living in anger.
1: Or at the very least, you're aware of it and you're working on it.
0: And the amount of people receptive to self-growth, like so a lot so in addition to yes, this lawful versus legal element and what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do as far as mandates and all that stuff. That stuff aside, we spent so much time going deep in, inward, like with breath work, with like actually the holotropic. Is that how I say it, holotropic? Holotropic, yeah. breath work was incredible, um, but also like with ice baths and uh, someone with the yoga. Uh, what were some of the other powerful experiences is... that you guys felt like you had? I mean, I think those was, two were the breath work.
1: Like, I would would
0: have done
1: it all over again just for the breath work. The breath work was one hour that was guided by Eric Cassano that was the most insane experience I've ever had with breath work, more powerful than a sound bath. It, it was like an amplified sound bath and it was just with the breath and awesome music. Yeah. Of Gabby's <laughs> gonna guide
0: us as soon as the app launches next week. She's gonna guide us on one. Although I gotta say, like you need a support system around you if um, if you haven't done intense breath
2: work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I thought the most shocking thing, both about the event and like for myself with the whole theme like a theme in general around this whole event for us or for me at least you see is that there's this emotional openness and emotional uh like ability to feel emotions and recognize them and like allow them to be there and like both through like um what I mean by that is that there's a lot of events or speakers who just Do exercises that allow allow, force you to be emotionally receptive. Like um, one person forced us to hug uh, strangers. Another person had us everyone in the crowd just scream out their anger. And that level of uh, emotional expression without any sort of ego nor. blockage was really strange to see, especially in such a huge collective group. And even just the people in the crowds, like I said, just were so genuine, and emotionally open. And I think that seems like such a strange thing to say. But like in society in general, we are not emotionally open people. We are told to block emotions, hide emotions. We're told to always subconscious programs tell us to not do that. And so to be in such a huge group and see that theme go across the board for every speaker every person who is attending events, through every exercise we did, and with every person who is telling us about the law and seeing that there's an emotional receptivity and openness to just be wholly genuine, authentic was really strange and
0: powerful. Yeah, a lot of things we do as in society are all about like boosting you up, right? You got this, you're amazing, look at all your great qualities, you're so good. But in this instance, it was more about flipping it the other way and like, hey, we're all hurt. We're all damaged. We all have pain. Whether my trauma is bigger than or smaller than yours, it's trauma nonetheless. And like, hey, let's have a safe space where we can go into that. Um, That's what is really, really powerful because denial and like trying to like put icing on the cake all the time is, you know, is not necessarily the way to raise your consciousness if, if. You're just in denial, and you're like, "Oh no, I don't have shame or guilt." As opposed to being able to go in and be like, "Okay, where, I gotta find where in my body, where is it? Is it like down in my big toe? Is it in my hamstrings? Is it in my neck? Where is that shame and guilt that I'm holding on to? That's making it so that I can't accept somebody's ideas that are different." Yeah.
2: And too, I still think, though, if, like, some people hearing that can say, oh, well, society is talking about that. Haven't you seen all the mental health people talking about recognizing your anxiety, recognizing ADHD? So I do think, in a way, it does sound like uh, what I was at the festival is already in society, like, uh, but it's different. So, like, society is more, they still, we don't necessarily always say, oh, it's the good, be confident, but it's, uh bypassing a lot and I think that was the biggest uh, difference is that that's actually especially what I loved about the festival is that there's so many spiritual groups especially modern day who are getting better because we're now getting used to looking at mental health wellness and trying to get better but it's a bypassing it's too much of an ego identification of oh I have this therefore I'm validated as I am and there's some level of that which can be okay but The festival is more about not bypassing that by purely just being uh, embracing your wounds and discovering them to heal them and to heal yourself, to be the best version of yourself. Not so that you feel good enough as you are, but to become the best version of yourself you can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's totally true. (laughs) Absolutely. I know. I like that word bypass. You know, one word though you said is like this idea of mental health, like there should be no separation. Health is almost all mental. If your mind is not healthy, your body is not healthy. And so this idea that they, you know, someone a long time ago decided to label there's health and then there's mental health. No, no, no. They're one in the same. And Victor and I are going to be talking so much more about this that, uh, you know, we've been programmed, fun word, to believe that health is found on the external. It's just, it's the exercise you do. It's the food that you eat. And while those are absolutely important, like true health starts from your thoughts. Health is created in your mind. It's created in your breath. And then you develop the self-love to eat the right foods and to go exercise because it feels good. But health is absolutely a function of harmony in your thoughts, in your mind, in your being,
2: Yeah. And the chakras are a great representation of that, if that doesn't even make sense to people, like, oh, what does that mean? What do you mean everything that happens in my mind is controlling my body? Are you saying that I can't have a six pack because I am repressing my anger? Maybe. But it you can really see it through like the lens of chakras, which is all shows how much it's interconnected, which you've hopefully probably heard us mention in
0: previous videos. And the person who has a six pack is not necessarily healthy for sure yes they might be but that doesn't mean they're free from disease disease and so it's really hard you have to decide for yourself how you want to measure your health to me disease like not disease but disease is really important are you going like measure your happiness level because in in a way we've differentiated health from happiness but they truly are one in the same so anything else about the the Festival that no. I think I think it's gonna be great because we're gonna be able to add so much from that. Like it was a springboard into our app. I can't. I I don't know why things always happen the way they do for timing, but it's like it was perfect that we got all the paperwork filed for our app right before we walked into the into the festival. And like we let walked uh, drove out of the festival and our email came through. Your app is now ready. So now we just need to input stuff and we're we're good to go. So it was pretty. serendipitous yeah
2: it was really just so i'm like still in shock always i'm gonna be probably in shock until next year when we go um love how genuine supporting and conscious and self-aware and kind people were there and not just the bypassing kind where you know you hold the door open for someone because you feel the need to but genuine nature genuine authenticity of like Immersion like integration with the self and then showing up like so with such a genuine nature for others so crazy, especially because uh, I spoke did like um, a kids mindfulness thing kids mindfulness exercise a one-hour workshop for kids and People at first I was a little cautious going to it because like, you know, you you're around new people We didn't know what to expect and so we couldn't tell read the vibe was and eventually over those three days The amount of community I felt in
0: like tribe was really crazy. It was. And and look at our Instagram. Isabel performed on the 4th of July her famous COVID California rendition of Hotel California. And it was epic. (laughs) It was amazing. She nailed it. She got the whole crowd (laughs) singing. And it was so exciting and fun. All right. So I wanted, uh, that was a long intro to the map of consciousness. I think we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit but I want I to touch on it to the extent of um, if you can see what the next level is in your own consciousness, oh, I'm stuck here. I can work towards a tangible goal of shifting my belief systems, deprogramming wherever I'm stuck, um, stripping away certain self-limiting beliefs. I personally, that's a little bit of a systematic approach but my brain tends to work that way. I thought we'd talk about what the different levels are, like how how the energies are read at different levels of consciousness, and how when you go up one tier in consciousness, the impact it can have on the entire world, because it's so uh, hard to feel like, uh, you feel helpless at times, is what I'm trying to say, and that all of a sudden, when you think, well, but if I can work on me, I truly can change a hundred people, a thousand people. I can change the vibration of the world. That's powerful. That's empowering. So, real. While we get us uh, before I get into the levels, uh, Gabby, will you kind of give an overview of, like the David Hawkins, how he how he kind of came across yeah. this or how he studied this?
1: So, Dr. David Hawkins wrote a series of books on consciousness based off of. Uh, 20 years of studying consciousness Um, and he came up with a system to measure to measure the different levels of consciousness and that the scale he ended, up with, he ended up with is what he calls the map of consciousness and the map of consciousness um it has a different uh, scale system um and it starts with 10 20 and it ends at a thousand at the highest level and that's like enlightenment and that's like um jesus level consciousness um and on the lowest level we have our most our evil la- le- uh, levels of consciousness um and each of those numbers, the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, is not just a linear scale, it's actually an exponential scale. So when you can move to say, uh, and I don't I don't have the scale in front of me right now, but to say you go from guilt to anger, anger is actually a higher consciousness than guilt. You're gonna actually be going up um, an exponential can you pull yeah up let the... me pull up
0: okay so i'm going to give you so he ranks it as a number and i was skimming through the book to try to i should have looked at this before to try to find like what the impact is on a person on um
2: like the ratio. how many it
0: affects. so let's start with shame is an energy level of 20 guilt 30 apathy 50 and so this is like
1: to the power of 50, not just 40, 50, oh, you're 10 times, you know, you're 10 more conscious. And like, that's even a weird scale to say, oh, you're 10 more, you're 10, exponentially 10 times more conscious. But it's, think of it almost like an energetic frequency. And anytime you're below 200,
0: 200 is what we
1: call, is what he calls the transition so maybe point. give all of them real quick? Um,
0: yeah, sure. Okay. So at, at um, so you went 75 was grief. 100 was is fear, 125 desire, 150 anger, 175 pride. So that section is kind of linear. Like it seems like it goes up by about power of 25 each time. Then you get to the level of courage at 200, and then it shifts to be a little bit more exponential. So from 200 to courage to 250 is neutrality. Then. You go up to 310 willingness, 350 acceptance, 400 reason, 500 love, 540 joy, 600 peace, and then enlightenment is from 700 to 1000.
1: It's really crazy. And so that 200 point is really key because when you're at when you hit 200, you're at the level of courage and you're on an energetic level, your consciousness goes from retracting energy to expansive energy. And if you know anything about law of attraction or the law of correspondence, which is um, another universal law that kind of coincides with the law of attraction, um, you know, you attract the energy that you emit. So if you're in a retracting energy, you typically, um, I that means that if you're in that consciousness below 200, you typically attract um, more negative things into your life. When you're on that positive scale, you, tr- you tend to be able to manifest more easily. Um, and then I also like to think of it in terms of astrologically, we have the planet of Jupiter. Jupiter represents our expansion, our joy, our positivity. Um, and Saturn represents the opposition of Jupiter and they're kind of a yin and yang together. Um, and Saturn is also that a little bit more of that retractive energy. Sometimes the Saturn energy also re- rules things that are necessary for our life. But it is just interesting to me to correlate these things in all the different systems we like to look at our self-development through because essentially we're all trying to overcome this negative energy and we're always going to have a little bit within us. We're always going to be drawn back to occasional moments of guilt or anger. It's not like you're going to be completely rid of it. But your goal is to embrace the expansive energy, the higher levels of consciousness to integrate slowly and steadily towards your more enlightened self, the uh, um, more conscious um, moving towards
0: your highest self in in there he says like a little bit of uh, shows like from you know 200 and below, you have like ninety one percent of all employ- unemployment exists below um that level of 200 consciousness and like the amount of poverty is almost 98% I believe under the 200 and you know as you get higher and higher if you ask people like your, their happiness rate like life's good well the higher that consciousness the more percentage of people that are going to say that so uh, I know for my husband as a st- strength coach slash personal trainer slash life coach it's really I know he struggles a lot with trying to help people with happiness. Like, no, no, no. I'm here to like get more fit. I'm here to get stronger or get leaner. And he's always dabbling like, yeah, yeah. But are you happy? And like, people don't know. Well, what do you mean? Well, yeah. I, I'm like, I practice gratitude. I'm thankful. Like I can't complain. But we know, we know like that there's not this same, there's not this same zest for life that we normally experience and, and what we saw over this weekend. So taking. Take that into account in like, look, we're trying to say like, find find where, you, where you're struggling and see if you can just get to that next tier. Like find that next tier of whether it's getting to, um, really, I think the big one is from courage to willingness is a huge, or is it, um, make sure I say it right. I mean, even though like getting to the turning point is a huge one for a lot of people.
2: So wouldn't you agree, of course? Oh, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like a lot of our listeners, oh, my voice cracked there. I think a lot of our listeners are actually already at Empowerment Courage because that's why you're probably listening to this podcast in the first place. But to Definitely. get to there, I remember specifically, I guess for me, it happened around 2019 is when I hit my that level of consciousness. Now it could have been maturity, but I think really in my heart, that's I, when I think I hit that level of empowerment through doing all these stepping out of my comfort zone and just working doing the inner work. And it was amazing how much my life shifted from that point. It's like you turn into a powerhouse really like from stepping into there, it feels like resistance, resistance, resistance. And then you get onto that like platform and it's just uphill from there. It's just, like everything becomes so much easier. And I think it can be really overwhelming for people or really troubling for people to look at the map of consciousness sometimes, like the literal grid, and think, oh my gosh, I ex- I feel the emotion of anger, I feel the emotion of pride sometimes, or shame, I'm a terrible person, I must be low conscious. It is true that you can bounce around between, yes. like something to remember is that you bounce between the the scales, that you have a natural set point though. And I think to correlate this, to bring in another thing, is that in the book Happier by Tal Ben-Shahart, mm-hmm. I think I said that right, he talks about how, in our brains, we have this natural set point for happiness, and that people will usually only stay to that level of happiness. They might have high spikes, high dr- and low p- low drops in happiness, but they'll remain the same. But people who do the inner work and actually re- realize that can change that level of happiness and raise the bar. And so I think that's the same mindset we have to keep in mind, for uh, the map of consciousness and really raising our consciousness is one noticing and being really authentic and being real with okay where am i realistically do i am i telling myself i'm at acceptance when really i'm probably more at pride then just be honest with yourself and most importantly like accepting yourself even at that level like accepting whatever level you're at in in the journey because the only thing you'll do by bringing on self-hate or like annoyance at yourself for not raising it higher is bringing yourself down
0: yeah and watching yourself in the third person is a powerful tool i know for me when um uh, last summer when I didn't know enough about who was resisting, why exactly we were resisting, all those things, I just knew a mask made no sense to me. And I felt, uh, intuitively I just felt like, this is wrong, I'm not doing this part. That. At two hundred, courage—it was like it was a big deal. Like I'd get heart palpitations before I went into a store. Like someone's gonna yell at me. I'm gonna have an interaction, but I'm not gonna cave. And so I was like at this courage, but I was I was willing or ready to attack back. And to see myself in a like a different state now, where if if I go in. I mean, there was in in the growth, there was a neutrality part where I'm like, I'm just gonna stay calm. I remember when we left California and we wanted to go into a brewery, I was really good about internally ahead of time. I'm just gonna remain calm. If they say they won't serve us, that's okay. We'll just turn around and walk. I'm not gonna make a big deal about it. I'm neutral. And then getting to a point where like, if there was an interaction, it'd be like a willingness to understand. Well, tell me why, tell me why you're so passionate. Where do you stand? And then this level of acceptance and to even like, this is where I'm at right now, we're struggling struggling to to fully embrace this, is loving the people who are so passionate about the thing that I'm so passionate against. And that's a really hard place, but you, the only way to do it is by extracting yourself from the scenario in the sense of like, observing yourself as you interact.
2: Yeah, and can I tie in one more thing to that? Is yeah. that too, and it like totally, the map of consciousness, one, Your consciousness raises so much just as you're on the self growth journey that it like comes naturally. It's not something you have to alone focus on. And I think a big uh, step in getting onto that level of empowerment is really, and what you were saying was, has to do with a lot of heart chakra in Manipura, uh, solar plexus chakra, because willingness consciousness is all about knowing what you desire and like stepping into the do like, okay, I will, I choose to do this and that's totally Manipura. And it also brings in though, as you grow, and especially like over uh, the last year or so, as we've got, went from fear of being judged for our beliefs and being different from the crowd and the state of the world right now to being able to step into grocery stores and be unafraid, has a lot to do with heart chakra as well, of setting boundaries, like I will still love you and I know this won't hurt you to do this, but I'm going to set my boundary and still do me.
0: Absolutely. So one of the other interesting things about uh, the map of consciousness, or measuring your consciousness at 200, is that when you move towards this higher mind, it embodies the etheric brain. And I'm hoping that Gabby remembers some of this stuff oh, because she was—I know she was really good at describing it. But it's—it's it's literally once you hit 200 and above, how your brain processes is completely different different and what I wanted to add about this part is I know for me it helped me in showing more compassion I assume in my egotistical sense that everybody has the same skill set as me everybody should have the same knowledge everybody should be as capable as me obviously I don't think that now but there was a time and so when I even though it is still hard but when I can look at somebody and go like literally their brain does not process in the same sense. When I read this in the map of consciousness, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, literally their brain does not comprehend in the same sense of under 200, it's very linear. It's A, it's a you get an input, It is to the thalamus, to the cortex, to the amygdala, to the hippocampus. It's very linear. So if you know people who, watch the news, taking information, and then they just regurgitate it. Did you hear about this? Did you hear this happen? Did you hear case spike? The cases spiked? And they take it. Literally, you have to practice compassion and empathy. Their brain does not know how to go from, Pat, it's A, B, C, D. Now, our job is not to sit there and yell at them like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot for thinking that. Our job is to... Show them how to raise their own consciousness. And the big thing is like leading by example. I mean, who do you ever like strive to be? Who? When do you ever listen if somebody says, you should totally act like this. You need more acceptance in your life. Or is it better when you see somebody like, wow, you're like, you're so accepting of people. I kind of want to be more like that.
1: Yeah. And another way I kind of like to think of it is how, and one thing I wanted to know is is to we're not trying to say people below two hundred are such <laughs> low conscious beings. Yeah, we're not. You know, that would be. It, it's more like you have to have an empathy or a compassion for the amount of hurt. Everyone has a lot of hurt, and a lot of people are not given the tools to know how to deal with that hurt. And so, when we're saying low conscious, it's more that they haven't been given the tools yet. So, what happens when you are at that transition point and? 200 and above your brain actually goes into three separate inputs at the same time so it goes to the um, the relay it also goes to the to the cerebral cortex but it also goes to the etheric mind and um, etheric mind is something i talk about a lot in my flow state warriors course because the etheric mind has a lot of different aspects that i like to break down so first the ether is the space between matter. It's not an actual spot within your brain. Your etheric mind is non-tangible. It's, it's spirit. So literally by raising our consciousness, we directly impact our ability to connect to spirit. And that can look like many different things for different people. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. It's connection to this frequency of existence, this quantum mechanics, this quantum field that we're living in there is information in the quantum field that we're living in that space between matter and by raising our consciousness we are able to access greater amounts of information that are very available in the very frequency of space itself now the other thing with the etheric mind is that i refer to the etheric mind as the 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 area of your mind in which you know without knowing so kind of like intuition now intuition is correlated to our third eye chakra and we talk about chakras a lot and we we always talk about on our youtube channel that the third eye is really key for people to start living the life that they, that of their dreams, really, because it allows you to see into the future, it allows you to tap into an inner wisdom. So not only is this, you know, you've already raised your consciousness at this point, but when you raise your consciousness, all of a sudden you're gonna have this ability to start seeing things um, in your future that you just know without knowing.
0: Yeah, it was well said, thank you. I love it, Gabby's so, she's so good at memorizing these things. Um, A little inspiration that, I finally found it in the book, what it was, is that one individual, this is crazy, I think, one individual that raises their consciousness to 300 counterbalances 90,000 people below level 200. Now, keep in mind, we, we totally are saying that like this is, this is actually the most powerful thing. Most people are not given the tools to deal with their hurt. We are all hurt at some point in our life, myself included. We are all hurt at a point, but we're not given the tools. And some of us that are lucky enough to get the tools, we, we get to give the tools to other people or we get to help them find the tools. But if, if you know somebody who's stuck in the drama, stuck in the narrative, stuck in fear, whatever it is, if they're in those feelings of anger, shame, guilt, apathy, pride, all those things be- that happen before you arrive at courage, acceptance, reason, those things. Like, think about the power that that has just by raising a little bit of consciousness can offset 90,000 people that are hurt, that are, in- that are suffering. At 400, that counterbalances 400,000 individuals. At 500, that counterbalances three quarters of a million, 750,000 individuals. And at 600, that counterbalances 10 million. Now, if you follow, I mean, I will, we're, we're not even gonna like, pretend to, that we're gonna make it to 700 in consciousness, but that would equate to 70 million souls. Um, but look, it's not linear. Like one, one little jump in yourself offsets the energy, like, I don't to me right don't you I just think feel like it's it a, it it's an b-
1: amazing way to think of it in terms of okay let's let's take the example you said how you know you let's say someone you passionately uh, have this perspective yourself and this other person has a passionate uh, a passionate belief in the opposing belief of yours and you know in our heads we like to say oh but but you know ours is more logical and ours is kind of, it doesn't matter cuz because if we wanna look at it in terms of the most conscious version of ourselves, if we were to go from a place of courage to love, and we, instead of criticizing that person, we just love that person, we are counterbalancing whatever negative actions they would be taking because our consciousness would be going up by the power of 200. Like an and,
2: unstoppable
1: healable force. Exactly, and I think you for you to, to, to believe that you would also have to understand in the function of karma in the world, in the quantum mechanics of karma. The quantum mechanics of karma are just a universal law that, you, um, <laughs> like what goes around comes around, that we we attract an equal, uh, whatever we give out, we receive back. And so I think about that in the world a lot right now, especially when you feel like, oh, the world sucks. Um, what if we, what if it doesn't turn out okay? What if, you know, what if Uh, quote-unquote they win Um, but you have to understand that good always trumps evil and that's from an energetic scale so higher consciousness always trumps lower consciousness in terms of you know the people out there the quote-unquote out there that are trying to impose this control and authoritarianism on us if we are just as conscious and loving as we can be we are inevitably going to come out more stronger and more loving and in
2: a more beneficial way for us yeah and so i really feel like the question that people can ask themselves um especially now like with everything that's going on uh i feel like it's really big for people to they get can get caught up in research i know we definitely did especially when first when everything was first starting to come out, you can get caught up in the research and think, oh my gosh, we have to share this information with people. We have to keep throwing it in their faces until they digest it. We have to shove it down their throats. And while some of that is good, I feel like even bigger is like you guys both even said is asking yourself instead, how knowing the map of consciousness and how being an empowered individual can offset 90,000 unempowered people Ask yourself, how can I be empowered today? How can I empower myself? What can I do to step into my courage, into my confidence, into my love for life? What can make me feel like I'm the equivalent of like the
0: energy of a thousand suns or something? And it's easy, it's so easy and yet so hard because at the root of it, you have, okay, I'll say not you have to, I did for me, all i did was shift the thinking to i have to ex- exert this force out towards the world instead i was like i have to exert a force within and dig up all of that fear all of that pain that i'm like that i'm trying to protect myself from and when i shifted my thinking to i can silently heal the world by just fixing myself I can have a ripple effect energetically like if you really really think about it that I, it and again like my brain wants to be so logical no 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 if I don't tell somebody it's not gonna make a difference and it is also ironic because I'm telling it on a podcast but outside of the podcast it's literally like day in and day not day in and day and day out day, day who that did not sound right you can, can tell I'm going on five hours of sleep too many nights back to back from driving. That, I've, I've been really trying to wrap my head around that just energetically, just my thoughts, literally my thoughts, like what Gabby was saying about the etheric body, that's this space between matter that you can't prove, you can't tangibly show exists, but that space, I focus on that space and I send love to that space and I heal that space. and. Just that energetic space has such a um, amazing impact on. Well, it has so far. It's really I. Well, who knows? We don't. We can't. We don't have a you know magic ball to look into the future. But all I know is like everything in life just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, so we really you know we could go. Uh, I could go into one more. I don't want to go too deep into a tangent. I say that a lot. One cool. of the things Gabby was saying, but I'm going to anyways. <laughs> one of the things Gabby was saying was about karma. And we reap what we sow, we get what we create. Well, I really, I don't want to put words into Victor's mouth. Hopefully I can bring him on next week and we can talk about this. But one of the most powerful things that he experienced in this Freedom Festival that, that we went to is one of the speakers was talking about sovereignty. And she said, I believe it was that speaker but said that you are never a victim if something bad happens to you you created it and that was like i mean that pretty much kicked my husband's butt he's like are you kidding me like how how you're telling me this horrible trauma i experienced i created and at first like because we talk about these things so often victor and i in our conversations i think he was in a really good space to be like okay to be open to it he was like Wow, what if? What if? What if subconsciously I really did create that because, who knows, maybe because of a past life, maybe because of something, it's something my consciousness had to grow through. You know, we forget that like we like, ah, self-growth, it's so great. I'm growing as a person, but self-growth is never easy. It always comes at a price, but the reward is always so um beneficial afterwards it's not always beneficial when you're in the moment of it so so think about wrap your head around like what if what if something that we perceive as negative is happening to us now or happened to us in the past and that was our consciousness requiring it in order for us to up level and while it might seem painful at the time might even seem painful now Who's to say that a year, five years, 10 years from now, we don't look back and go, like, I am so glad that happened to me because I wouldn't have developed this skill set or this evolution in consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, really hard thing for people to think through. And I definitely think
2: it's worth it. But it can be really hard because you can think, how dare you? This pain was so terrible. How dare you even mention it? Or how dare you even bring it up? Or how dare you say it was my fault? You know what I went through. But think of it into in a way of just like, uh, of responsibilities, just saying, you know what, maybe think these things happen to me, I accept it, it's in the past, it is the present, but I am choosing now what I want, just like everyone, like at the festival, that's what stood out, is that they were all on the path aligned with their values, and so thinking like right now to be in your empowered state is, or for all of us really, uh, is asking yourself what how okay this happened blank happened my trauma happened or I'm a victim to blank even if it's whatever Asking yourself okay what am I gonna do now how can I escape this cycle how am I going to level up my experience and something small I wanted to add is I thought it was really ironic as we were saying we hadn't even read the map of consciousness or Gabby was the one who read it we hadn't even read it until what beginning of this year in this January And so when COVID first started back in March, 2020, we started a chakra course and we called it power, passion and productivity. And the catchphrase that we used was empower your passions. We hadn't even read the map of consciousness and we didn't even know what was going on in the world, but we knew that we needed to put out a chakra course because we thought it would help people align with their and to empower their passions and we thought that it would help people heal. We didn't even know how powerful it would be so I thought that was just really interesting. It's funny, they actually refer to any energy
1: above 200 is considered power and anything below 200 is considered force and if you look at everything below 200 it's typically the traumas that are associated with um, with our root and our sacral chakra and then ironically the manipura, the manipura is the solar plexus chakra, the third chakra, and it's home of action, power, and motivation. And that is that two hundred turning point, in which guides us into our spiritual chakras.
2: Yeah. And last thing I want to add, even though we're adding connecting way too many dots, but another thing with the solar plexus, which makes it even more like interconnectedness. Whoa! Is that the each chakra has a Hertz frequency? a frequency of sound that resonates with it. And the one for the solar plexus is 528 Hertz, which is considered the frequency that is the center of all things. The center
1: of all things, the transition point, the courage, the point of going from force to power.
2: So just think at your core, no matter what, deep down inside you, even
0: if you don't feel empowered or if you do, your core is 528 frequency of empowerment. All right, so to wrap this up, I've got three things. One. If we overwhelmed you, don't worry because on our app, we are committed to showing up and helping you work through these these normal, completely uh, tangible things that seem so overwhelming. These horrible feelings of guilt, fear, shame that we all, all three of us struggle with. We are promising to show up on the app and help you work through it through meditation, through yoga, through journaling, through mindset. Through community, okay, we're gonna be launching that next week, and I really I hope you join us there because I think it's gonna be uh, amazing. Second, we complain a lot when we have like we're like little whiny babies when we come back to Polson <laughs> because we do love it here, but we just love traveling and so much. But I gotta just tell you guys really quick like the sky is just incredible. We're recording this, and I'm just looking out the window and like the pink, the pink clouds are like incredible i mean there are very many places we travel a lot with a sky that looks like this is is really uh, i just had to throw that out there for gratitude and last to wrap this up um i'm rereading the way of the peaceful warrior by dan millman it's the same author who uh we refer to all If you are born to live the numerology book yeah so in there's a story and to me this like there's a lot of good stuff in this book but this one just really, this whole, that whole idea of victim mindset and stuff, this, this story really um, made an impact on me. So I thought I'd share the story with you before we finish. An old man and his son worked a small farm with only one horse to pull the plow. One day the horse ran away. How terrible, sympathized the neighbor. What bad luck. Who knows whether it's bad luck or good luck, the farmer replied. A week later, the horse returned from the mountains, leading five wild mares into the barn. What wonderful luck, said the neighbors. Good luck, bad luck, who knows, answered the old man. The next day, the son, trying to tame one of the horses, fell and broke his leg. How terrible, what bad luck. Bad luck, good luck. The army came to all the farms to take the young men for war, but the farmer's son was of no use to them so he was spared. Good? Bad? Who knows? So we don't really know what the end is, right? We just have to um, keep working on it because the story hasn't all unfolded yet. Well, that was
2: a very spiritual and enlightening story to share to finish off this podcast. I hope you guys all feel inspired after that. <laughs> We're good? I think did we, I hope we, we connected enough dots and confused you just a little bit. if you're slightly confused and you're trying that's good because it means you're trying to empower yourself all right you guys
0: i am so excited make sure you tune in i will be back on saturday for a solo cast because i haven't got to uh do that in a while and i'm going to talk a lot about homeschooling slash raising kids in this new world and I'm gonna say some things that I have been a little bit afraid to say that self-doubt has gotten in my way, but I am going to say it, and I'm gonna tell you my new framework for how you should school your kids. It's gonna be great.